John's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 28, until verse 30. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, saith I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop, put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. That's by another word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your darting son. We thank you for his death on Calvary's tree. We thank you for his most precious shed blood. We thank you for the finished work that he accomplished there. Lord Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, that those of us who know you in a saving manner and capacity, Lord, that we rejoice in all that you've done for us. We pray, Lord, whether there are those who watch this live or are here tonight, or whether, Lord, there are those who watch later or listen later, Lord, that they may receive not only a blessing, but if there's any that would watch it have not yet come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus, thy Holy Spirit, he would quicken them. And, Lord, you speak to them. And, O oh God, that you would draw them to let them behold the Lamb of God, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would hide me behind the cross, Lord, for I can do nothing and I'm not worth it, Lord. But, O oh God, may Christ have the preeminence in this place this evening. We pray, O oh God, that he alone would be seen and glorified, for he has accomplished it all on our behalf and for us. Father, help me through clay lips, uh, faltering lips and frail lips to glorify and to exalt the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So, Father, help us through the unction of thy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 28 it says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished. In verse 28. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished. Now, as I said this morning, and I was, as you know, I was away for a holiday to Spain, and this thought came to my mind, and I sat under a bit of shade, and I wrote the, the, the little pointers out for this, and then I developed it and wrote it yesterday, uh, what I'm going to bring to you this evening. The thing about it was, it was after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, jumped at me. It was like a lion out of a thicket, as Spurgeon would have said, and it arrested me, and I couldn't get it out of my head. And so I thought about it, and I talked to the Lord about it, and I prayed about it, and, and the Lord showed me the, a little different angle on the finished work of Christ, and especially this verse, or these couple of verses. Notice, after this, jumped out at me. After this. After what? After his arrest. After his trial. After his beating. After him being stripped. After them parting his garments between them. After him being nailed to the cross. After the jeering, the sneering and the scoffing. After he took the penalty of our, own sin, of our sins in his own body on the tree. After he cried, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. After 
he reconciled the dying thief back to the Lord or to God. After he said, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. After this, after he said to Mary, his mother, Woman, behold thy son, and to John, behold thy mother. And after he cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? After he had paid, as it were, taken the weight of our sin on him, after he was separated from his father, after that his righteousness was to be placed upon us, after the reconciliation was to be made, after all of this on Calvary's tree, after he was discarded, as it were, after he was rejected by his father, that you and I might be accepted, after the sky turned black and the wrath of God was fully and completely poured out upon him. After this, after this, he said, I thirst. That the scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. Notice, this is what I'd written, the Finished work was a thirsty work. He said in Psalm 22, My tongue cleaveth to my mouth. Notice after this, he fulfilled scripture. After he had fulfilled the law and the prophets and the word, and after he had come and fulfilled and delighted to do the law of the Lord as God, as Father. After all of this, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished. It means that after this, the work that was done. Strange this because this term, after this, it it brings us to a full stop. After this. After all was done. It's the same sort of terminal where it brings us to a terminus where we stop dead with the full stop. It was after this. Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished. It's the same as in, uh, for example, Hebrews 9 and verse 27. And God's it is appointed unto men once to die. After this, the judgment. <laughs> So here's the terminal point where you and I who are living and breathing and blessed of God by God giving us life this very moment and this very evening at this very moment in time. But there's going to be a time when a day and an hour, but we don't know when it is, that our life will expire. Full stop. A terminus point. After this. The judgment. After this. The judgment. Could I ask you. Where. Will you stand with God. At that. After this. There are many times when. I've sat at bedsides and even family bedsides, and they've went off out into eternity not knowing Christ. 
after that's the judgment. When I hear them about uncle and auntie and granny so-and-so is looking down on you now, my friend, I'll tell you, no, they're not. No, they're not. In John 19 and verse 28, after this, after all that was accomplished, after this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished. Notice, all things. Not some things. Jesus knowing that most things, or a few things, or a number of things were accomplished. It's not Christ and the work that he accomplished on the cross is some, a few, or a couple of things. And then you and I try to make up the difference. It's not Jesus' death. It's not Jesus' blood. And you and I try and make up a little bit more to get us into glory. It is after this Jesus done it all. There's nothing else to do. Nothing left to be done. The work was finished. All things. After this, Jesus knowing all things were now accomplished. Here's some all things for you. Matthew 19. We have the the young man that comes to the Lord and he says, Good master, what good thing must I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus replies to him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. And so then the Lord says, Keep the commandments. I'm paraphrasing for time's sake. Keep the commandments. And the young man says, and he gives him some of the commandments. The young man says, all these have I kept from my youth. thought, what lack I yet? Well, he hasn't kept them from his youth up. He's just broken them. <laughs> Even if he had have been able to at that point, he's broken them. He's a sinner. What lack I yet? Jesus says, go sell all that you have. He's a rich young man. Go sell all that you have. Give it to the poor. And come follow me. He went away sad for it, much goods. And you see, at, at that time, it was a prosperity. They thought, the Jews thought prosperity meant blessing of God. So you had to be saved. Surely you'd be saved if you're prosperous. Surely you'd be saved if you have loads of money. Surely you'd be saved if you have plenty of goods. If you had gold and silver and you had 100, 100 camels in the bank, as, as it were, or down the backyard, you're, you're, you're definitely blessed of God and you're definitely going to glory. Not so, friend. And it's the same today. Prosperity does not mean that you're saved. They turn to the master and says, Who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? And the Lord Jesus' reply was, With men this is impossible. Notice, with men this is impossible. It's impossible for a man or a woman to save themselves. Impossible. Here is the beautiful all things. With God, all things are possible. Notice, with God, all things. There's the clause. With God, all things are possible. Psalm 42 shows us that even in our deepest, dire depression and state, that there's hope for us with God or in God. Psalm 42, verse 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. 
Why are you? He's talking to himself. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. Why? Because you see, in a hopeless world, he's our only hope. In a helpless world, he's our only help. And in verse 11 of Psalm 42, says the same, only changes at the end. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Now I see the word there, health. Let me look at this. Cast down. Do you know what it gives the idea of? It leans toward depression. Why are you depressed, my soul? And you see the word discredit there, it leads towards aggression. That's what it means. It gives the idea of an uproar in a man's heart, of an uproar in a woman's heart. Why are you so much in an uproar in your heart? Or why are you so cast down and depressed, oh my soul? You know why? Because a man wars in himself because there's a great big vacancy and only God can fill it. Do you ever get those days when you you don't know why you're blew up or stuffed? (laughs) Drilled board or punched? Do you ever get those days when you're you're disquieted? There's an uproar in you. There's a a rat going on inside you. You're gnawing your tongue sometimes. Or times you're depressed and down. What's wrong? And your spirit cry, hope thou in God. In a hopeless world, Christ is our only hope. Notice, cast down leads toward depression. Disquieted leads towards aggression, which brings out frustration. You get frustrated. Now notice this, the word health. Who is the health of my countenance? The word health there, you know what the word is there? Yeshua. Yeshua. It's the same word in the Hebrew text for salvation. He's my salvation. You know what Yeshua is? It's the Hebrew word for Jesus. Jesus is my health of my soul. Jesus, he is the salvation of my soul. He lifts up my countenance. And when there's an uproar in me, or when there's a depression in me, I hope in God because I have Jesus, my healer and my savior. Brothers and sisters, with God, notice, with God, all things are possible. With God. Notice in in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, Paul tells us that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Here he's saying there's a time when you weren't saved. There's a time, Ken Davidson, when you didn't know the Lord. There's a time when you didn't want to know the Lord. There's a time when you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins before God. You were away outside the commonwealth of Israel and from the promises of God. Notice what he says. You were without Christ. And you were without hope. And you were without God. What a state the heart of many is. What a state in our nation tonight that people are in. Listen, even for our walk with Christ Producing kingdom fruit, 
In John 15 and verse 5, the Lord Jesus says, Without me, ye can do nothing. Without me. But he says, With God, all things are possible. I'll say this before I move on quickly. All things. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The same as in the beginning with God. What's the next? All things. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. And verse 14 says... And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Here, the one who made all things embodied flesh and hung on the tree and cried, it is finished. It is finished. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 2, he who created all things, all things were made by him. It says in Genesis 2 and verse 2, on the seventh day God ended his work. And now this is important. On the seventh day God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. So what did God do on the seventh day he rested? Why? Because the work was finished. Now keep that in your mind. The work was finished. The one who made all things is now hanging on a tree. And he cries, it is finished. Now he's seated at the right hand of God. Why? The work was finished. So he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Finished work of Christ. From John 19 and 28, after this, Jesus, knowing all things were now accomplished. Now here's something else in this verse. Thirdly, you ready? Were now were now accomplished. You see, there's a time and there's a place, and this was the moment and from eternity. This was the moment in history. This was the moment in time. We're now accomplished. It wasn't accomplished until that point. Think about it. Until that moment Christ hung on the cross and bled and died. Until that moment that Christ was hanging there and he was soon to rest his head on the pulse's breast. It wasn't finished. Your salvation, your and my redemption, the work for it was not finished. There were still slain animals in the temple even. It was not finished. All things, notice, were now accomplished. When I thought about this, this just totally blew my mind away. I said, Lord, to think of, the, of eternity. And as it were, speaking in the capacity of our human mentality, uh, eternity was waiting on this moment in time. Even though eternity has passed it. But it was waiting on this moment in time. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now. This moment. Listen, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 23, speaking of Christ, it says, Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. In the mind of God, the Lamb was already slain. 
He speaks to uh, uh, things that are not as though they were. In the mind of God, the, the Lamb, the Lord Jesus, had already paid our debt. And then eternity, the Father looks right down through time and sees the cross. And then eternity, the Father gave a certain number to His Son. His son. Would you die for them? Jesus didn't come to die some Mickey learn sort of thing. I'm going to come to the cross and see what happens. He came, as I said this morning, with a purpose. He came to redeem. He came to save. And he came to do it by the shedding of his own blood. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 19 and 20, we, the redeemed, were told that we are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Verse 20. 1 Peter 1 and verse 20 says, Who verily, the Lord Jesus, the Lamb, was foreordained. Notice, he was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Away in eternity, the Father says, he's going to do this, 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 this. No, I delight to do thy will, O God. Why I come in the volume of the book that is written of me, he says. The volume of this book that is written of him, he fulfilled the whole lot. Every jot and every tittle. Every prophecy, every word. Well, in eternity, can you see? Foreordained that Christ would go to the cross. It's the only means and method of the payment for our sin. We're now accomplished. Notice, not uh, we're before accomplished. Before this moment on the cross, not before accomplished, not uh, when Christ knew that they would be after this accomplished. It wasn't that, that, that Christ knew that somewhere down the line, Ken Davidson would clean up his act and that Ken Davidson would become a, 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 a Christian and then that Ken Davidson would carry on to do good works to merit his salvation. No, no, and a thousand times no. Jesus accomplished and paid it all. Every single part of it. We're now accomplished. Not some or many things, but all things. Notice, after this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished. Now, I'm going to go into a little bit of prophecy here to show this. There's more of an accomplishment here. If you turn with me to Daniel 9, and we're not going to go heavy into it. This would, I'd need a full night on its own on this. It's a minefield. Daniel chapter 9, please. The angel Gabriel comes to Daniel when he's in Babylon. And notice what he says, if you let your eye run down to verse 24. Daniel 9, verse 24. Said thee weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish, notice, you mark these down, to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Brothers and sisters, who did this? Christ did this. Christ finished the transgression. 
but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. Who made an end of sins? Christ made an end of sins. Christ's sacrifice once and for all. Who made reconciliation for iniquity? Christ did it. Who brought in everlasting righteousness but Christ? Who sealed up the vision and prophecy? Who fulfilled, in other words, the law and the prophets? Christ fulfilled it all. And he was anointed as the most holy but Christ at the river Jordan. Now notice this in Daniel 9. Verse 26, for time's sake, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. Who was cut off? Christ was cut off. But not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Listen, folks, this is, don't look for Antichrist here. There is no Antichrist. Look for the Lord Jesus Christ. The prince that shall come was Titus. He destroyed the temple. Destroyed the Jewish temple. Why? To make an end of sin. Christ had paid the debt. No more lambs or bulls or goats or turtle doves. Notice this. He shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of wars and desolations are determined. He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Don't look for an antichrist confirming the covenant with the Jews here. It isn't there. Well, what is the confirmation of this if it isn't this covenant that we hear of? Let your eye run back again into the chapter. The chapter 9 and verse 2. Daniel says, In the first year of the reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet. Daniel's reading the prophet Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is the prophet in Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 33, who says, And the days will come that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And he says, not as a covenant I made with their fathers, but I will, and I'm paraphrasing, I will write my law in their inward parts and in their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. The book of Hebrews, chapter 10, chapter 9 as well, tells us of this new covenant Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had broken, he says, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance me, of me. And likewise, after the same money, he also took the cup, saying, This cup is in you. What is it? Covenant in my blood. It's is shed for many. On the cross, when he cried, It is finished. He was fulfilling all that Daniel had said. All that Daniel was told. And all that was prophesied. Friends, I give glory to Christ alone for this. For he has paid it all. Finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll maybe teach that in an in-depth some other time. Because I know it's a big, big subject. Notice after this. Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished. That the scripture might be fulfilled. saith, I thirst. Accomplished. Would you say accomplished? Would you say it loud? See, he accomplished it. He did it by himself. And he did it alone. 
The word accomplished is a word teleo. And listen to what it means. It means to bring to a close, to bring to a finish, to bring to an end. To bring to a close, to bring to a finish, and to bring to an end. Now listen to the words of the Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 18 and verse 31. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. Here's another all things. And all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. All things that are written about me. What was written? Daniel 9 was written about him. Isaiah 53 was written about him. Psalm 22 was written about him. We could go on and on and on. Genesis 3 and 15 was written about him. The seed of the woman crushing the head of the serpent. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. Now hanging on the tree, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished. They weren't accomplished in Luke 18 and 31. Jesus says they have to go and accomplish it all there. You see, the, the cross work of Christ is not only the finished work, but the cross work of Christ is where everything revolves around that for our salvation and redemption. Psalm 15, or pardon me, Isaiah 15, verse 6, I give my back to the smiters, my cheeks to those plucked off, to them that plucked the hair of the hair, I hid not my face from shame and spitting. He accomplished that. We could go on, we could go on and on and on. Isaiah 53 and verse 4, Surely hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. 53 and verse 6, The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 53 and verse 10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. Isaiah 53 and verse 11, He shall bear their iniquities. Isaiah 53 and verse 12, He hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Here he's saying, I have to accomplish all of this. So much more, and so many more. So after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith I thirst. Now look what he says in John 19. John 19 and verse 30. It says, When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. He bowed his head. It's now accomplished. I thirst. I thirst. The fountain of living waters says, I thirst. Think about that. The fountain of living waters hung on the cross and said, I thirst. That was the fifth saying from the cross. I'm thirsty. Five is a number of grace. He cries, it is finished. And it is the word teleo for the same for accomplished, but in the text of it, it is tetelestes. It comes from that word. It means the same. Paid in full. You know what Jesus said? 
such a wretch like you, Ken Davidson. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. And he says, son, I have paid your debt in full. Christ satisfied God's justice by dying. Christ satisfied God's just demands for our sin and his righteous judgment. He said it is finished, not I am finished. For they led him in a tomb and he rose again the third day. He said it is finished and the term it is he said it can be more like it was like a cry. And it wasn't a moan and it wasn't a groan, but it was a cry. He said it is finished. He wasn't saying it as a victim. Listen, folks, there's a teaching even coming into Reformed theology and others who are saying that Jesus became a big sinner on the cross. Now, that's not true. That is not true. He was pure and spotless. The, the, The very debt of our sin, he paid that in full. But he was holy and pure. He was yet without sin. He knew no sin. And he did no sin. He wasn't a victim. People saying, oh, he was a victim. He wasn't a victim. He was a victor. <laughs> he was a victor. It is vanished is victorious. And it says, and he, he said it is finished and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. A cry of victory and now a peaceful act of contented, finished accomplishment. It is finished. And he bows his head and rests it on a pulseless breast and he hands his spirit unto his father. What a Christ. The fifth, I, I, I thirst. The sixth, it is finished. You know what number six is? The number of man. <laughs> I've done it for them, Father. But he didn't only die for our sins. You know he died? He died to glorify his Father. And the seventh one, it's number of perfection. Into thy hands I commend my spirit. No man taketh my life from me, he says. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. So I'm finishing. He gave his back to the smiters. Notice, he gave up the ghost. Notice, he gave up. He gave. He wasn't a victim. He gave. He gave up the ghost. He gave his back to the smiters. He gave his face to those who smote him and would pluck out his beard. He gave his head to be crowned with thorns and he gave his hands and feet to be pierced. He gave his side to be riven. He gave his mother to John and he gave a robe to to the soldiers. He gave his peace to his disciples and he gave his spirit unto God. He gave up the ghost. He gave us his precious blood his precious blood and ready and his gift his glorious Holy Spirit
Hebrews 10 and verse 12 says, but this man, who finished the work and completed it, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Church, could we read that out? For people who will maybe see this later, maybe watch this later. Could be a thousand people who watch this later. Some people are watching it now. Could we read this out, but this man, because you see, people are having a, a mass, or well, it's an Anglican mass, or a Catholic, Roman Catholic mass, and they're, they're having an bloody mass, and they're, they're crucifying Christ again, or they're looking to try and, and sacrifice animals again. Listen, this is what the scripture says, not what I say. Let's read it again. Shall we read it out loud? But this man, ready? But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Let's read it again and see when we get to the point, forever, shout it out, forever. But this man, you ready? But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. It is finished forever. And he sat down at the right hand of God. There's people, bless them, dear love them. They're trying to ritualize. And they've bastardized the word of God. They're robbing doors to try and be in the number of 144,000. All of these sort of things that they're told. And Christ has paid the debt. Once and for all, never to be repeated again. Hebrews 10 and 14, this is our last verse. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Eh? By one offering. There's no other offering. No works, no alms, no deeds. No one bloody masses. No other offering. The offering of the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's a finished work. Let me tell you about a finished work, and that's us. We're in the book of Leviticus. Leviticus, um, read it when you go home. Leviticus chapter 4 and chapter 6. And the priest would come up to the the altar of sacrifice and burnt offerings. And it's slain, the animal, and the blood was shed, and they burned on the altar. And see the ashes of the altar, they had a grate, and they raked the grate, the ashes from the grate, out to the east side. Christ was crucified at the east outside the gate. And they took the ashes out, and they laid them on the right or the east side. Later to be shoveled and to be carried away and thrown outside the gate or outside the camp. Do you know why? The ashes speaks of a finished work. It's been done. Remember Abraham was told, take, uh, Abraham, take thy son Isaac 
thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and offer him for, unto me for a burnt offering. And Moriah, do you remember that? A burnt offering. It wasn't that he was just to put the knife in. Yes, he was to shed his blood, his son's blood, his only son whom he loves, put in the knife and shed his blood and then burn him. Burn him to ash. And Abraham takes Isaac up. We know the story God told him not to kill him and had a ram caught in the thicket. Here's the thing. Isaac not only didn't have to shed his blood, but he wasn't burnt. You know why? The finished work wasn't Isaac's. The finished work was Christ's. The finished work wasn't Isaac's. The finished work was Christ's. And he cried. Is finished. Friend, there's nothing, brothers and sisters, there's nothing to add. Received by grace what Christ hath done. And that is more than enough for the salvation of the soul. May God bless his own word to us this evening. I told you I wasn't keeping you late.